If you've ever heard of crypto or are new to the crypto world, you're going to want to tune into this episode and most definitely take notes. I'm joined by my stepbrother Jerry Fakir and a good friend Daniel Bonet on their journey into investing and tapping into crypto. Although slightly two different investing styles, Daniel, the silent investor, and Jerry, the high-risk taker, these two men share plenty of gems and dive into tools that will be of resource in the future. As always, you don't want to miss this, so stay locked in. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. Disclaimer. I, neither my guests, are certified financial planners or advisors, nor certified financial analysts, nor a CPA, nor an accountant, nor a lawyer. My guests are sharing their knowledge via personal research and experience. Any ramifications, financial or otherwise, that occur to you as a result of listening to this episode, we are not liable. For guidance on investing in stocks or crypto, please seek a financial advisor or do your own research to get you started. Cryptocurrency. We're talking about this because right now it seems to be the hype um, in the financial world, in the investment world, but realizing it's not really a hype. It's something that our world, not even our society, our world is entering into. So first off, I want to thank you gentlemen for coming to She Discovered Podcast and gracing our listeners. All of us here are Haitian, right? We've grown up in a Caribbean Haitian household. And I'm not only saying Haitian because of our generation, right? Millennials. We grew up in a household that when it came to financial literacy, the most we ever heard was save your money. Save your money. Don't spend your money. Have a savings account. We never really heard the element of investing. And if we did, we heard it in the notion of it's risky. You know what I mean? And I don't even believe our parents even had the knowledge of investments the way we know it today, such as stocks and crypto. Well, of course not crypto because it wasn't there back then, but the only type of risk I saw them taking is what we call susu. You know what I mean? Where they would do these little circles and these little clubs where people would, you know, kind of hold on to your money and everybody invest. And then it comes right back to you. So recently I would say 2020, right? When the pandemic hit, And there was this craze that started to happen where it was a new form of circle, right? Where everybody will put money in, but you got to get other people to come in so the money can keep regenerating. But it came to a certain point where that fizzled out. But what I noticed around that time and the hype of these different circles or money circles is that people were more willing to take risks with their money. People were more willing to now tap into a form of quote unquote investment. 
around that time, I realized I too had that mentality where I was like, no, nah, I'm not trying to risk my money into this circle thing or no, nah, I'm not trying to put my money into stocks. I don't know how stocks work. Um, I don't know how investments work and you know, it's risky. I don't want to lose my money. I'm just going to save it because that's a sure bet. Right. But then the more and more these financial gurus started coming out on social media and telling us about these circles, but also warning us about these circles. I started now wanted to educate myself in stocks and in crypto and and so forth. But either of you could chime in. What has been your experience growing up in your household when it came to financial literacy? I mean, as far as my my household, my dad was uh, pretty, pretty safe pretty safe type of guy. He's not a risky like me, more like a nine to five, taking everything safe. You know, as far as the investment, didn't really have like, didn't really invest in stocks or basically anything other than the house. We had the house in Port-au-Prince and the house in Jackman and he was working and my mom had her own business. Basically was it. I think they took the risk that they were comfortable with in their generation. Cause like you said, your parents had multiple homes, right? That's a, that's a type of investment, right? So they had one in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and they had one in Jacques Millen. Like you said, uh, your mom had a business. So I think they had a certain level of investments that they were willing to do, but what they felt was still some type of sure bet or safe way compared to like putting a money somewhere into investments or stocks and not knowing it not being tangible. I should say the house, they see it. It's theirs, quote unquote. Right. So that's a true point that even with our parents, the, the most you will ever see is maybe owning a business or buying a house. I would say that's about 90% of the population. It's up the world. That's when people think about, you know, investing or life. All they, all they know is like buying properties, you know, pro- yeah, basically properties or businesses. They'll start their own small business. And that's basically it for the rest of their life. That's a good point. How about you, Daniel? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up in my household, uh, especially being coming from a religious background, the word investing in our family was in comparison, it would be gambling. And, you know, in a religious family, gambling is a no-no. So when it came to investing, it was more like, like Jerry said, it's like they can't see it if they can't touch it. If it's not something where, you know, they could go look at it every day, you know, if there's an emergency, they need to take it out, then that's not called investing. That's more a gambling type of situation uh, mm-hmm. with my family. Only, only thing we heard about was the savings account. You know what I mean? Like yep. that, that was your investing. You know, you take your money, uh, you save it, put it in the savings and don't touch it. You know, and, and it's more like our investing is adding more money to the savings, which really is not investing because the money is not working for you. You're still taking money and putting it into a pot just to, you know, kind of get that illusion and to see that it's growing. That's a good point when you bring up the religious aspect, because it's one thing to say, okay, let's save. we don't want to take the risk. But also when it comes to that mindset, it's like, no, it's the same way when you're gambling. It's the same thing when you're going to play lottery. You know, you're just you're just taking a bet. It's not secure. You can lose your money. I love what you said about putting the money in the bank, but it doesn't work for you. And it's true. So here's my question. I want you guys to tell me if I'm wrong. When you put the money in your bank, it's not really your money. No, the minute you put money in the bank, it doesn't become your money because what the bank does, like, let's say uh, you worked your job, you got paid 500, you take the 500, you take it to the bank. To you, in your mind, okay, I'm taking this money and putting it in my bank account. 
but the bank same day, let's say if um, Hervé comes in right after me and he wants to borrow $500 from that same bank, the bank takes my 500 and then they charge Hervé with a 20%, you know, APR, whatever interest rate off that 500. The bank is using you to make more money for them. So every time you take your money and you put it in the bank, you're actually giving the bank uh, more money that they can work off of. This is why now the world is becoming digital. Um, because what they what the banks want you to do is not withdraw. So this is why everything is paid by credit or debit. And now it's just ones and zeros. You know, a long time ago, you'd go in the bank, you put 500 in there, you would have to physically go to the bank and withdraw things of that nature. Uh, to them, it's nothing but numbers on a computer. So they can, you know, work better through that versus you know, I have to actually take out the act, you know, the actual cash, physical cash and give it to the person of that nature. So putting your money in the bank is not the greatest thing to do. Now, of course, living in this world or living in the U.S., you do need the bank, you know, pay bills, things of that nature. It's not like, let's say if you, again, have $500, it wouldn't be wise to put that whole 500 and only put you know, the money for bills or, or you know, certain expenses that you need. But the other, let's say 70%, that should be in investing or that should be in gold, silver, precious metals, things that actually grow in value. Thank you for coming this far into the episode. I wanted to share the exciting news of She Discovered Podcast expanding to YouTube. We will still be streaming audio episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. In addition, extra episodes will air via YouTube from time to time. So please be sure to follow and subscribe. Updates and teasers can be found on Instagram at She Discovered Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What made you decide that, okay, I don't want to just keep my money in the bank. The bank is not a sure bet, but there are risks to investing, right? And there's risk to anything, right? What made you decide I rather risk and put my bets into investing? What made that thought process begin for you compared to what you just shared on how you were brought up? Like, where did the thought process come from? You know, I was on this journey since I was, I would say about 19. I started reading Millionaire's Mind and by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Dad. Yeah, exactly. So I started reading all these books at 19 years old. So that started shaping my mind, realized, realizing, okay, like in order for you to be like a millionaire, you have to invest in yourself, invest, have your own business. So that kind of like changed my whole mindset. I'm like, wow. So now, put, you know, that put me on a journey. So now I started looking for ways for me to like create, you know, income without working for somebody. So that's what really, you know, educated me. Those books educated me how the banks work, how, you know, investing works. And I started, you know, studying investing 101, the terms and everything. So I started looking into all that. And that's what got me into the path. And since then, I've been trying, you know, basically all types of businesses, Ponzi schemes and MLM, multi-level marketing. Like basically, I've you can name it, but I've tried it all. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't know. I, I don't know which one would work for me, right? Because just because you're successful at something that doesn't mean I'll be successful at it, right? It might, That's it a good point. Work, yeah, it might not work with my lifestyle, with things I got going on, right? You might be able to be out and travel and make moves, position where I might. I got kids. I can't make the same moves, and so so yeah. So that's what really got me in that position. As far as like, okay, I need to figure out what works for me so I can be independent and financially free. I like that. I like you mentioning that you had to try different avenues to make sure what fits with you, what fits your lifestyle. Because when we're talking about the the financial world, there are a lot of avenues that you can get into. There are a lot of resources, but I love what you said from 19 and, and I've witnessed it, not since you were 19, but from the moment I met you. And again, you're my stepbrother. So our parents got married from day one. You had that business mindset, you know, even when I came to, to visit you in your home, even your bookshelf was filled with business books and um, investing books, financial books. So you told yourself that, okay, this is a path that I want to embark on. So I have to educate myself and see where your talent and your mindset, what avenue would be compatible with that. I think it's the same thing. Like when I think about like, it's the same thing, like choosing a mate. Like, are you compatible with my lifestyle? You know what I mean? Like when we get together, are we going to be able to build an empire? and make moves. So it's the same thing, whatever business, whatever financial avenue I go on, just because what works for Robert Kiyosaki, I'm like, well, it worked for him. So let me just do everything he does when another avenue probably was more compatible to you, but you didn't have the time to do that research. So that's, that's vital information. I like that. Yeah, with me growing up, especially as a kid, um, I was always a risk taker. So it did, doesn't matter what it was, if, if it was sports, if it was, you know, trying to date the chick that everybody wants to date at church or in school. And I'm like, yo, I know I'm only five foot five, <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to take this risk. You see what I'm saying? And I found out growing up that, you know, taking risks comes with great reward. And when you take a risk as well, too, you're actually gaining knowledge. A risk to me means you really don't know what the outcome is going to be. As you take that risk, you know, you start you start being more aware. You start being more careful. I started getting into, you know, books and, you know, thank God for YouTube, uh, things of that nature where it made learning a little bit easier. I realized, OK, even in investing, it was always a risk. The thing is, you just got to know the knowledge behind it. businesses that I've been ventured in with the dog business and the tax business, you know, those were great risks. For example, with my dog business, you know, you take a risk buying 20,000 worth of dollars worth of dogs, but you don't know tomorrow they can just all die. At the end of the day, tomorrow they can all have eight puppies each and you just, you know, quadrupled your money. Yeah. We definitely need to take risks. My mom always used to say, right, same thing for her coming into this country um, at a young age in her 20s. And she said, I had to take a lot of risks. Coming to this country was a risk, right? And even growing up, she told me, she told me, don't fear taking risks. And my mom told me all the time what she implemented in me. She always says it. She was like, Shay, jump in the fire. And I'm like, mom, what do you mean? She says, jump in the fire. The fire looks scary, but jump into it. Right. And then when we think about scripture, scripture always says, you know, when you are put into the fire, you come out pure as gold. You're purified. Right. So I like those connections. and, And it's very vital, like you said, that even in life, we take risks. So it's just about exploring how much more do you want the world to offer you.
let's let's tap into crypto because that's what we're here to actually talk about and if if listeners don't know crypto is basically like the new wave when it comes to trading investing but even um buying power so crypto is like what they would call and you gentlemen can correct me if i'm wrong is digital currency and it is like i said you can trade with it you can invest in it um you have buying power not worldly right now not everywhere you can walk into a store and say that i want to purchase with crypto but i believe that's where it's going as Many of you have heard, and if you haven't, the most popular that you will hear about is called Bitcoin. And when I was researching, it said that Bitcoin came out in 2009. So that's something. It came out in 2009, and right now we're in 2022, and look how much it has expanded. The first time I heard about crypto was back in early 2018, and it was someone from my job that was talking about cryptocurrency and how it's going to be the next wave of, of money, and you know we need to tap into this. And I'm sitting there like... Here we go. Some other type of money, some other type of investments. And I didn't look any further into it because I'm just like, from what we've been taught, don't take those such risks. And then through a mutual friend, uh, Daniel, uh, I met you and you were talking to us about cryptocurrency and about how you were involved and how you're benefiting from it. And you were so passionate. You was like, yo, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to get into this like right now. And we heard you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is coming across my table once more. But again, you're thinking, how much do I need to invest? Do I got the bread right now to invest into this? It's risky. You know, I got other things I need to take care of. And both of us were like, all right, we're going to get into it, but we got time. We got time. Or we just kept putting it off, kept talking to us. Every time we visited you, you were just like, have y'all done it yet? You're schooling us. Now, 2019 passed, 2020 comes along, pandemic, lockdown everybody's like yo what are we gonna do the circle now comes along so people were like yo we're about to take our stimulus checks and we're about to flip it we're gonna get into these circles and even when i was introduced to the circle i was like i'm not i'm not doing this like come on but what changed my perspective was reading the book um the richest man in babylon and when i read that book i was just like yo even from ancient times or biblical times the the way they flipped money was taking risk but they did it wisely not like how certain other people would you know take risks with their money but i realized that i had to remove the fear or the notion of i have to hoard my money in order for it to work for me right so from that point on that's when i was like okay i gotta open my mind and i started learning about stocks and then again like i said we're in an era right now with social media where everybody's on social media talking about stocks and talking about crypto and then once crypto blew up bitcoin blew up in 2020 and i'm like damn it son oh my gosh there's so much money to be had but fear crippled those opportunities but how did you hear about crypto and what made you decide to say yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna tap into this avenue based on my religious background i'm a christian i believe in the bible so so i you know in revelation the bible talks about one world currency i knew that from a long time ago from reading the bible when i heard about this internet money it, it picked my interest i'm like you know what i know the bible talks about eventually we're gonna have one world currency and now i hear people talking about this 
these internet money. So I was like, let me start doing research on it. So I started looking it up. Then I see, I heard about Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, this digital money. And then I looked at the history. The price used to be, you know, zero dollars, whatever, all the way up. But when I was looking at it, Bitcoin was like $4,000. And I was like, wow. And they're talking about eventually it'll get to a million dollars. And I can see it, you know, this is crazy. That convinced me. And I'm like, you know, I, I know that's the direction the world is going. Um, eventually, I'll get there. I don't know when. It could be 20, 30, 40, 50 years before everybody gets adjusted to it. But I was like, you know what? It's worth taking a shot, right? Because I'm a risk taker. So I'm like, makes sense. So, But that's how I ended up getting into Bitcoin. So Bitcoin was like my first coin that I actually bought. And when I researched China, a lot of these Asian countries are already all digital. Um, basically, just use your phone to pay for everything. Um, a lot of people don't even remember when last time they used cash in China and those Asian countries. And so I was like, man, and China's always ahead of us. And yep. I'm like, this is what I'm like, this is where the future is going. But when you were now diving into it, was there any confusion? Like, how was your original experience actually trading and investing in crypto? So it was hard because the first step is always the hard one because, mm-hmm. you know, one big one Bitcoin, $5,000. I'm like, man, $5,000. Should I do it? Should I not do it? But of course, I'm like, I'm a risk. I'm like, listen, it's just money. If I lose it, I work two or three jobs. I'll, I'll find a way to make the money. Because uh, it, it's just money, right? What's the worst that can happen? I lose $5,000. I'll make it back. But yeah, so basically I looked it up. I realized Coinbase was like, at that time, Coinbase was like the best app to buy. So basically Coinbase is almost like everyone's first century. When you first get into crypto, it's like, oh, go to Coinbase, download the app. Because it was easy. You just download the app. You sign up for information, put your card in, and boom, you, you can just buy Bitcoin with just a couple clicks. Obviously, you couldn't buy like $5,000 on one shot when you first started. Nah, because they give you a limit. You can't, you know, unless you like wire money and all that. But you have a limit on your debit. At least when, at least back in the days, I'm, I'm sure they, they give you a limit now too. They don't just let you just put in $100,000 unless you like wire money, of course. And so, but you know, I'm not trying to wire. I'm trying to buy the tonight i'm not gonna wait <laughs> so i did that and then i end up opening i end up googling different exchange where can i buy more bitcoin mm. and so i end up yeah so i end up creating all these different accounts from all these different websites so i was like boom i bought whatever maxed out i could uh, on the coinbase then the other exchange i maxed it out. if i could do 2000 on bitstamp i did that if i could do a thousand there i did that so i basically just maxed out everywhere i bought one i, I finally got one bitcoin because i got in exactly like it was kind of like the last run before everything crashed in 2018 so basically i got in like basically i was like timing couldn't be any better for, for mm-hmm. anyone to get in so basically when i got in my five thousand already like worth fifty five hundred six thousand and i'm like dang like <laughs> the next week seven thousand you went up to like nine thousand and it went back down to seven thousand and i was like to the point it's like when when it goes down i was excited because i'm like i need to find more money to put in it because this thing is hot like you just keep going up people get scared but i'm like i need to buy more and then so i find more money i'm like i need to find more money put more find more exchanges higher limit try to buy as much as possible put a thousand there two thousand there every time it dipped i was buying it and it goes back up back up until it went all the way to like almost twenty thousand dollars and then i was like whoa but that's basically how the whole journey starts it's one of those experiences you really don't want to have this type of experience when you're first doing something it's kind of like or you start a podcast like you're doing a podcast you really don't want your first podcast right away at the gate became like all of a sudden became viral and you got millions of people and then you become because you don't know how to manage it because you're gonna think it you're gonna think it's a 
always easy like that. You're like, I open another another podcast and you just mm. got to take it easy. So it's always better for you to fail at first because then that makes you better than you know what not to do. And then that, now when you open a second one, you know how to move versus you think it's just easy. And that's what happened to a lot of people that get in when everyone's talking about the face and they get in, they buy those or whatever the case is when it's hot. They're $1,000 turns to 10000 now. They're like, oh, crypto is easy. I buy any coin and they just keep going up. And then they think it's easy like that. And then that's why they end up losing everything when everything crashed, when it's that period where it's consolidating or it's going down and consolidating, it's not really going up and people just get discouraged and they give up on it and they never, they never go back into crypto. It seems easy, but I knew it wasn't me. I didn't put it in my head like, I'm good at this or I'm good. No, I was like, I was just lucky. I got in at the right time. You know, I made money, but, but the plot twist is I lost everything. Bro, you wasn't playing any games, but Daniel, so what's your story? Uh, around that time, um, I'm like a YouTube fanatic. So I had a lot of uh, YouTube channels, um, but they was only talking about that time. It wasn't really uh, crypto at the time. It's not until 2000, the end of 2017, most of my channel, most of the channels that I would watch, they would, have you seen Bitcoin lately? Uh, I think it was like a week before Christmas 2017, where it went from like 5,000 to 19,000, like literally overnight, people were having like live streams showing how they literally became millionaires overnight. And me, I was like, man, what is this? It, it, it was more like anxious to get in. It was more like, yo, let me learn about this. Like, how, you know, is it going to fail? Especially after being in so much Ponzi schemes, I really didn't understand. I saw how amazing this coin was. Then it was just talks. You heard a lot of negativity. Oh, yeah, it's going to crash. Um, then it was this YouTuber who started educating us where he was like, this is exactly what the whales, when they when they mean whales, more like the millionaires, they have a saying when there's blood in the streets, that's when you buy. Blood meaning when that, you know, like let's say the stock market, when you see that that line just tanking, going down, this is when the millionaires go in like hawks, like buy up everything. History doesn't usually repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Um, you look at the stock market from 1929, stock market in 2010, you know, these were Oh, the Y2K. But when you look back, and that's another thing that, because around Y2K, that's when the internet went crazy. People were talking, you know, like the world is about to end. And when you look back at it, it's as if these millionaires and billionaires were putting that fear into us so they wouldn't allow us to buy in to the Y2K, to the internet, you know, pet.com, things of that nature, so they could make their millions. I saw the same thing in crypto. I was like, yo, this is just like 2010, where, you know, so many people talking negative about it. However, when you go on MSNBC uh, business and things of that nature, even the billionaires and millionaires were saying, oh, Bitcoin is a scam, don't buy in. But when you go on Twitter, you go on a YouTube channel, and it's like, you hear the same person or the same millionaire who was talking talking bad about it on CNN is the same person who just put in a million dollars. I see what's going on. It's more like let's, you know, entice more fear into the people so we can kind of force them not either not to buy or if they did buy, have them sell. So that way, like Jerry said, you know, once I see that thing is taking, uh, tanking, let me go ahead 
ahead and buy more. When I saw it went up to, you know, 19,000, almost 20,000 for Bitcoin, not going to lie to you, that's when I literally had like $1,500 with the whole thing in there thinking that it was going to go up some more and it tanked. And, you know, I was like, man, I just lost $1,500. However, within what, six months went right back up again. And that's when I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. With me, it was the whole education behind it, you know, the knowledge I was gaining. I'm kind of glad that I lost that $1,500 because that's what kind of forced me to say, all right, let me do more research. Let me really see what this thing is about. When it literally went back up, I got my $1,500 back plus more. I was just like Jerry, you know, I had limits and I was, okay, let me go to you know, Binance, let me go to uh, uh, crypto.com. I'm opening up all types of, um, then coming to find out there's other coins out there right. uh, that I could invest in besides Bitcoins that were pennies on a dollar. Like one coin around that time was XRP. I told you about that. Mm-hmm. Around that time, XRP was like 15 cents, 20 cents. And I was buying like crazy. I just looked at it like, man, I missed the Y2K, didn't know about it. My parents missed it. They missed Dell, the Apple stocks, things of that nature. I was like, you know what? I feel like to me, this is the last of the last, maybe in another 30, 40 years, something else will come, you know, something else will come out. But it was more like, okay, I have enough knowledge. I, I really understand this whole, you know, cryptocurrency thing. It's not just something just to hold and make money. This is actually going to be used in the future. Remember, I was telling you that since 2018. And I I want us to segue into that where you said, you know, you were telling us that, no, this is not just a momentarily investment gem that is going on. This is where we're leading into. Jerry said it, right, that he noticed the connection of a one world currency and seeing that, of course, China is always ahead of the game. So I know what you guys are going to say, but I guess my question that I wrote down was, would you consider crypto the next generation currency? Because the way things are going now, I'm like, dang, like, in the next five, 10 years, are we are we now going to say that cash no longer exists, that everything is just digital currency? No one really knows. You know, I could say five, 10 years and then 20 years. You know, I could say 20 years and literally tomorrow when we wake up, everything changes. You know it's coming fast. Like, you know, you turn on NBA games and you'll see the gold, Coinbase. Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, crypto types. So you know it's coming very soon don't really know. But yeah, this is the future. When you look at history and now, like for example, back in the day, for me to get a message out for you, it was either a postcard or I would have to buy a phone card. You know, it was longer. Now, cell phones, uh, Wi-Fi, it's easier. Fax machines versus emails. Everything now is faster. People want, you know, they want things fast now. The only thing that still hasn't evolved where it's like, like for example, if I need to give Jerry a wire, it still takes a day two, three days. And it's like, you know, something that I give the bank, the bank puts it in there. Everything is computerized. Why is it still taking three days for Jerry to receive his money? You start seeing that, oh, with crypto, I can send Jerry, you know, for example, with XRP, which is to me, the one of the greatest coins, because that's a coin can literally receive any amount of of money and in any currency within three to four seconds. And when you think of that, it's like, I can be in Africa. Jerry could be all the way in New York. And if Jerry needs $50,000 on Christmas day, and that's another thing too, you know, bank holidays, all of that, he can get it right there and then within three to four seconds. You, you already know when it comes to money, which is like the greatest asset in the world, they're, they're not going to keep it 
you know, slow like a turtle. That, it, that thing is coming. It's as coming. far as when, yeah, we really don't know. All I can say is it's kind of like, you know, the story in the Bible, Noah's Ark. You know, he kept telling people, yo, it's going to rain. No one knew, but he, he prepared himself. So I tell people, just prepare yourself. Even when you see it go down and go up, it's not going anywhere. You know, just keep preparing yourself. And preparing is just keep buying. Keep buying, educating yourself, adding knowledge. Know what you're buying, too. You know, there are certain coins out there. There are, there are scams. And there are some coins out there that has uh, great uh, real use cases behind them, like Ethereum, mm-hmm. uh, Litecoin, Bitcoin, XRP. Got it. Yes, definitely. As far as rich cryptocurrency, it's going to be like the one nobody knows yet. Maybe it's not even created yet, or maybe it is already there, but everyone's underestimating because they're focusing on making money and stuff like that, jumping from coin to coin. But um, but definitely cryptocurrency is the future. Like I'm from Haiti and in Haiti, it's like US dollars strong over the country. So so basically, I feel it's crypto is kind of doing the same thing. There's a lot of currencies in different places will take accept different currencies. But at the end of the day, like Bitcoin is like the main one, like gold, use Bitcoin anywhere, like any places will take Bitcoin. Basically, um, you can convert everything to Bitcoin, which is the main one. That's like the reserve type of like they're pushing the narrative as Bitcoin as the gold that holds the foundation. Because if Bitcoin's crumble, the whole currency is got is gonna have a bad, a bad time. So basically, Bitcoin has to make it, um, at least for now. That's where it's going. So it's either you get with it or or eventually you're gonna have to, just like the internet, just like the website when people a lot of businesses was like oh we are billion dollar business without any website we don't need to create a website we don't need to be on the internet and guess what happened to those businesses a lot of them end up becoming bankrupt you gotta get with the time if you don't get with the time then you're gonna get left behind because right now a lot of people do be repeating the same mistake as the internet era they hear about crypto scam or Ponzi scheme or whatever the case is now nah, i don't understand it they don't spend time trying to learn it and really understand it and, and trying to get ahead of it and basically they just kind of keep doing the same thing they're doing but then 10 20 30 years from now they're gonna be like dang now i have to learn it and it's not as simple it's getting simpler it's kind of technical for a lot of people but it's better for you to start learning it now than 10 years from now Is it ever too late to begin investing or even coming into the crypto world? Like we all agree that it's the future. It's the now and the future, right? Let's say five years or 10 years from now decides, okay, now I want to join the investment. I want to join crypto world. Is it too late for them? Like, well, the type of the type of um, return you would get compared to now compared to five, 10 years from now is not the same. So is there like some type of quote unquote deadline to when you can really see a benefit of entering the crypto world? I tell people this, and this is what I love about crypto versus the U.S. dollar. Like with the U.S. dollar, they can you can constantly print print, print. And that's what, you know, is depreciating dollar. The same Jordans that you see now that these kids are wearing, which are like five, $600. I remember back in high school, middle school, these, these sneakers were $50 or $100, which was expensive, expensive to us back in the day. And it's not because the shoe has become more rare. It's because the dollar has depreciated because they're constantly printing. And then when it comes to crypto, for example, there are only, I believe, 21 million Bitcoins that will ever be mined. After 21 million, 
million, uh, which I think already 16 million has our, is already out there in circulation. So there's literally, literally about 4 million Bitcoin left. When you hear something like that, it's like, okay, it doesn't really, you shouldn't really think too much about the price. You should think about the, the scare, you know, like, yo, there's only 4 million of this left. People are buying this after 4 million. You know, there's one that's not going to be none left. And then once 4 million is gone, now it's going to become even more rare. This is why, you know, people will say, oh, Bitcoin will be a million for sure. That's without a doubt. At, like I said, it's not like, you know, USD where you can print more. Okay, we out of Bitcoin. Let's go ahead and print more. No, that's what's going to bring the rare behind. And that's pretty much every coin out there. No, it's not too late. You know, people will look at the price and say, oh, man, Bitcoin is 60000 I missed it. Absolutely not. It's still early because when you compare 60000 to a potential million in five to 10 years, maybe less, maybe more, it's not too late. And even if, like, let's say Bitcoin was 100000 and they still was $3 million it's still not too late. What I like about cryptocurrency versus stock market, like for example, if you want to buy, if you want to invest into Apple stocks, um, now that now they have it because of Bitcoin, but before you couldn't buy 0.5, you know, of a stock. You would have to buy the whole stock, or you can't buy any at all. Right, fractional shares. Crypto, exactly. Like I can buy 0.000006 worth of Bitcoin, which is probably a hundred dollars now, but still, I have a, a little piece of that, which, you know, in 10 years, that 0.006 worth of Bitcoin, you know, of course, I'm not going to see that million because it's not one, but it's still an investment because that $100 can, you know, potentially be 300, 400. It's not only that, you have a piece of the future, which to me, that that means everything is not too late. What I would tell people, though, is if you are a person who is afraid to, you know, take big risks when it comes to Bitcoin, there are a lot other coins out there, you know, Litecoin, which I feel like, you know, which is, they call that the silver of crypto. You got Bitcoin, which is the gold of, of crypto, and you have Litecoin, which is silver of crypto. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because when you look at gold and silver ratio, gold right now, I think it's like three, $4,000 an ounce or maybe less. And then you have silver, which is, I think is like 25 to $30 an ounce. However, they're not going anywhere. You feel like, oh, financially it's too late for Bitcoin and get in Litecoin or buy a piece of Ethereum because all these coins have a a cutoff. Basically, they're not going to make any more after all is gone. And another thing you have to see is who's buying most of the Bitcoin? Who's buying? It's not us. It's these institutional investors. Tesla just bought a whole bunch of Bitcoin. That's another thing that we need to be afraid of is, hey, Cash App has Bitcoin now. PayPal has Bitcoin. Coinbase is now giving out Visa cards. No, you know, this is when you have to really be they call this in the market you got the bears and you got the bulls Mm -hmm. this is now this is the time i tell people 2020 from 2020 till now is the time you have to be bullish as ever you know if you ever felt any type of fear and risk taking you know i'm not a guy not a financial advisor so don't take my word on it gotta put that disclaimer out. don't worry that disclaimer will be there definitely i would bet my last dollar to say unless god himself or whatever you believe in comes down and destroy this world cryptocurrency isn't going anywhere from what i'm hearing it's like there's not an urgency to feel like okay well the boat has sailed so i'm not going to do anything but there is a subtle urgency within the crypto world where it's like well with bitcoin or xrp or all these different other coins they have a cap you know what i mean so we have to keep that in mind as well and i like the comparison
listen to the Jordan. So is there room for everyone to like win in the investment world? Because when I think about like what we've been talking about with like millionaires and institutions and all that stuff, like we've always known there to be a hierarchy in the economy, right? So it's just like you have your millionaires, you have your middle class, you have your low class or whatever. But it seems that now in this era that we're in of investments and everything, it's like everybody could be a part of it, right? But is it really true that all of us could really win when it comes to investments? Because I feel like there will always be a a hierarchy like, okay, everybody may be getting on and wanting to invest and do crypto, but there's always going to be those at the top that won't want you to reach the level that they're at. The question you want to ask is more like, is there enough money in the world? For everybody. So I would say, of course, there's an infinite amount of money in the world. Basically, there's enough money for anyone if, if that's what they desire to have a lot of money or whatever goal, a million, 10 million, 100 million, it is possible. So you still, no matter what it is, you still can make money. You can always make money, no matter how hard life seems. It seems out there, oh man, things are expensive, no jobs, no this. There's always opportunities to make money. It's just that some years and sometimes it's easier to make make it than other times like right now in in crypto it's probably the best like out of any ways to make money like if someone asked me you know what's the best way for me to make life-changing money literally at this point the best way to make life-changing money without basically doing any hard work and hustling and all that is really is, is cryptocurrency i mean a legal legal way where you literally can turn a thousand dollars to thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars overnight, um, or to a hundred thousand dollars in a week, in a few days, legally. There's no other place you, you can do it, um, other than cryptocurrency right now. It, you know, crypto is mainstream, but the truth is, the majority of people don't even own crypto. Right. But that's the truth. Now they know about it. We went from a stage where people didn't even know what they had crypto was or Bitcoin was. You would just say Bitcoin. They'd be like, "What's that?" Now they know about it, but they still don't own it. They still don't know how to go about to own it. They still don't own understand it so you're still in the early phase so as you say that here's what i'm thinking right and you made a good point where you're saying like the knowledge is out there more and more people are gaining the knowledge but those same amount of people by percentage not everybody's executing the knowledge that they're receiving and when i read the richest man in babylon this man was giving everyone gems on what to do but only maybe 30 percent of matter of fact let's say 50 percent right of the people Mm -hmm. decided to execute what that man was telling them to do and how to gain all these riches that was available to them like you said an infinite amount that is is available to everyone out of that at 50, maybe only 20% actually ran the race because the other percentage is like, nah, this is too hard. Or like you said, they had moments where they failed and they were like, this doesn't work or it's taking too long. But the other 20% was like, nah, we're going to keep going with the gems that he told us. And then those were the ones that were able to now be also called the richest men in Babylon. Right. And I, and I love to always think about it this way, that wisdom is simply knowledge put into application. For you to yeah. be wise in your movements, the knowledge that you gain has to be applied. First of all, I mean, you have so many, you know, like back in the day, all they had was newspaper. You know what I mean? Now you have the internet, you have you know, YouTube channels and you have social media. You have so many avenues.
avenues that's giving out knowledge, most of them for free, versus where you had to actually go to school or you had to know someone and even pay that person just to, you know, get on their level. I think you said that, you know, are, are the big investors out there making it to where you know, most people are not able to win. Yeah, that's there is something that they call in this market, whether it's stocks or crypto, they call it dumb money and they're and they're smart money. Dumb money is when you buy when it's high, you know. So people who were buying like me at the time, when I was buying when Bitcoin was nineteen thousand, that's called dumb money. Smart money is when people are buying real low and Bitcoin was only three thousand, two thousand. And around that time people were saying, Oh yeah, this is this Bitcoin. Bitcoin is gonna crash. It's over for it. That's the smart Money. It's more like understanding. Once you understand this market, you know what you're doing. I think that's what's going to, you know, set apart the winners and the losers. The only way that you can lose in this market is not putting both feet into this thing. That's it. There's no, there's no real enemy to it to where somebody's gonna oh hold you back or whatever cases. No, if you don't win in this market, it's because you had too much fear in you. Um, you know, you didn't understand what you was doing. But, you know, like Jerry said, there's, there's infinite amount of money. And even if it's not Bitcoin, there's right now, when I first started, I think there was only like maybe 500 different digital assets or cryptocurrencies out there. Now there's over 2000. I may not technically win in Bitcoin because uh, psychologically or financially, Bitcoin is just too high for me because I'm not used to this whole investing thing. And then when I look at 60,000, oh, that's just too much for my blood people think, oh, you have to buy the whole coin. No, the thing about this market, they're adding so many coins, so many real use cases to where it's more than enough for everyone to win. What are the do's and don'ts in the crypto world? You know what I mean? Because Jerry, you were sharing that, you know, in the beginning you lost everything. So what did you learn from that space? Like um, one of the do's I can share is that I've heard a lot that you have to have a ledger or a wallet to put your crypto um, coins in or you may lose it or someone else may steal it. One of the main thing is no matter what, you never give anyone your private keys, which is the private keys is because in crypto, you are in control of your money. It's not, you don't have your money in a bank. When Like like Daniel was saying, when you have the money in the bank, it's not your money, it's their money. They can literally freeze your bank account and say, nobody's getting money. The government can basically shut down everyone's bank account if there's a, and that happened before if you look back in history, where they can basically they won't let nobody take money out only let you take certain amount of that you can only take 200 a day that's it you can't spend any more than that so when crypto you you are in control of your own money they call that a wallet let's say you buy it on coinbase you send it into your own wallet so you are in control of that so basically if you lose the keys to that the money's gone nobody will be able to help you your money is completely gone and so it's one of those things that you never want to give anyone no matter what if you're having issues and somebody you know, online be like yeah send me a private key let me take a look at your account or put your private keys in here <laughs> never never give anyone your private keys so that i would say that's one of the biggest i've seen people do that you know do this mistake they're having some type of issues and then they get a twitter and tweet on twitter or somewhere or they get an email a fake email that says oh your ledger is having some issue you need to update it right away and that happened i think last year and a lot of people was like because you know when you see that you're new to crypto and you're like oh ledger let me click on it let me put my seed for it the next thing you know all your money is gone 
And in crypto, once your money's gone, when somebody takes it, it's gone. What is a wallet that you use? What I use, I like Trust. I would tell you what I like. I like Trust Wallet. I like Coinbase Wallet. Uh, MetaMask is a popular one. I basically use multiple wallets. I don't use just one because when you deep into crypto, you, you're trying different things. Some projects, you know, they start, you can only use MetaMask, you know, to connect to the site. Some let you use multiple wallets. So do is you need to get your own wallet, right? And I would say don't is you don't want to leave your money on Coinbase and all those exchanges. Mm, okay. As, you buy, as soon as you buy, like you said, you know about the ledger that you say get a ledger. That's one of your dues. So you want to make sure you send it to the ledger. If you if you store in it long term, like you're not going to touch it in five to 10 years. You just buy it and leave it there. You, you can do that. Take it, send it to um to your own wallet. So do get your trust wallet, move the money. It's one of those things you need to do. You need to move your money out of those exchanges because leaving on those exchanges is like leaving in the bank account mm-hmm. um, because if they decide to freeze the government or company, something happened and they, they run away with your money, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, but Got Coinbase it. is that Coinbase is a big company. It's a um, traded, it's a publicly traded company. So yeah, you don't have really to worry about them running away with your money like a bank account. But you know, you don't want them to have full control. Yeah, you want to have control of your money. Yeah, kind of like what Jerry said. I mean, the biggest don't uh, when it comes to crypto is not leaving your cryptocurrency on exchange wallet. Just like the bank. Once you put it on there or you know, or once you take you bring your money into the bank and you give it to them, that money's not really yours. At any given time, they can do whatever they want with it. Um, one little nugget that I tell people all the time, back in 2010, uh, when the housing market was crashing, Obama came out with a um I forgot what bill, it was called. A it was bill. A bill, yeah. He came out with a bill which which is called a bank bail in meaning that if the united states right now goes into the biggest crash which i believe myself personally is going to happen because you know you see all this inflation you see them printing so much money uh, there's a bank bail-in that he put out in 2010 meaning that if anything were to happen to the united states financially the government can go into everyone's bank account and take up to 30 percent of you know whatever they have in there and that that would be your uh civil duty or what you know whatever they call it um saying that you know you're a citizen or you know you live here in the united states and so that just lets you know even your money doesn't like even today which is crazy something personal happened to me you know i'm spending buying some you know buying certain things and all of a sudden i swipe my card and it's like insufficient funds and i'm like nah i'm looking at my i called the bank and they said oh yeah you've reached your limit and i'm like my limit but it's my money how are you going to put a limit on my money hmm. When, when, when she said that it just made me believe like no it's not really yours they still own it they still troll it so it's the same thing with you know crypto you don't want to just leave it in major exchanges back in 2014 I believe there was an exchange called Kraken and a lot of people were getting on Kraken you know they were buying so much they were holding it there thinking that it was safe and all of a sudden Kraken went dead people lost millions billions of dollars but as we speak now there are still cases out there of people trying to get their money back.
Jack's crack. This is the reason why people came out with cold storage wallets. I'm big on Ledger Nano X or the Ledger Nano S, which is a cold storage wallet that is kind of equivalent to, you know, like a Swiss bank account. Um, another don't, like he said, is um, they always tell you, um, because whenever you're setting up an exchange or you're setting up a wallet, they give you keys. And the keys, what that is for is, let's say, you know, your phone drops in a puddle of water and you lose your phone or you get an upgrade on your phone. You're going to need those keys to add whatever exchange or whatever wallet that you had on your old phone or your old computer to your new one. Because without those keys, um, you can't really get access to it. Uh, and a lot of people in the beginning were making that mistake where they would screenshot or they would, you know, take a picture or copy it from their phone and leave it on their, you know, photos. Really don't understand the fact that once your phone is on a Wi-Fi, like you can go to a Marriott right now, you know, on their Wi-Fi, they always tell you when it comes to your security keys, you always want to write that down. You know, you want to be old school with that. The do for me, you want to become very knowledgeable. So you want to do a lot of research, get into assets or cryptocurrencies that has real use cases behind them. Basically meaning, okay, this company is actually going to use this digital asset. Are they going to use this cryptocurrency for the future? You know, you don't want to buy a coin. That's another don't too. Don't buy a coin based off hype. Buy it based off, you know, research. You know, uh, Dogecoin is doing right. great. Everybody buying Dogecoin. Everybody on it. Mother. That right there. And that's the... You know, in magic, they say that all, all the time. That's the, uh, you know, that illusion. Don't FOMO in. FOMO is more like fear of missing out. Just like I said, you want to research. Um, but those would be my do's and don'ts when it comes to crypto. Got it. Got it. Jerry and Daniel, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. You guys have shared a lot of knowledge. I love your experiences that you were able to share and the gems that you were able to share. As always, I hope that you definitely discuss Discovered new things about yourself and the world that surrounds you. Tune in next time for She Discovered Podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.